Well, happy Sunday. It is a great day to be in the house of the Lord and to be with you, for God is present with us. Today, we continue our Lenten journey through the scriptures of Jesus' last words on the cross. And today, we're going to be in Luke 23, 42 through 47. Jesus is on the cross, and there is a thief right on his right and one on his left. And one speaks to Jesus and asks this, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, you will be with me today in paradise it was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. And when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly, this man was innocent. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, breath of life, come and speak and minister to our hearts. We receive you and what you have for each of us this day. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. The sun's light failed and darkness came over the whole land and Jesus, with his last breath, surrendered all. With his last breath, he breathed that we might have life, that we might live. And I wondered, when is it that you feel the most alive? Are you one of those people when you first wake up in the morning, you open your eyes and the sunlight's there and you're just like, yes, it's going to be a great day. No, I see some, me either, me either, trust me. You know, maybe it's after that last drop of coffee, then you fit, yes, we get some amens, yes, finally, that coffee's, the caffeine's in our system and we're like, okay, I can do this. You know, maybe it's not till you've packed up all the car, you've gotten all the kids ready, you're in the car, you've got your favorite music playing, you're down the driveway, and you're like, yeah, the sun's shining, it's going to be a great day. You feel alive. You know, maybe it's that first scent of spring in the air when you walk out the door and you know the dead and darkness of winter is soon going to be behind you. Yes. You know, maybe it's even when we've been working on a long project. It's been hard and grueling, and we finally get done, and then we can say, you know what? Our project's done. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. You know what? That's the good stuff of life. Maybe it's Friday at five o'clock and we've got dinner plans with our favorite people. You know, one of the things that, that makes me feel alive and moves my soul is the opening song to the Lion King. 
the circle of life. You got it in your hand? Ah. No, I'm not going to sing it, but you get it. You know, the lion came out, the king came out when um, my, our son, Marcus, was five. And that was his birthday present for my dad. It was a VHS for y'all young people that don't know what that is. It's kind of like streaming on Netflix. Well, Keith and I were poor when we got married. We didn't have a VHS player, so my dad kept it at his house. And he loved the opening song, too. And we would go over often, and my dad would be watching it by himself. Yeah, he liked it that much. You know, that, that opening song, when you turn it up loud, and, and you see that all begins to come to life for the day. And you see that sun rising, and all the animals are waking up, coming to life with full expectation of what the day is going to bring. And the music that you're watching is just moving your soul, and you've got this sense that something great is about to happen. Like maybe it's the first day on earth that we have ever lived. And the lyrics say, from the first day that we arrive on this planet and blinking we step into the sun. There's more to be seen that can ever be seen. There's more to be done that we can ever be done. We love that song, the circle of life. It just moves us all. It moves our soul. And then the lyrics say, until we find our place on that path unwinding in the circle of life. And at the end of the video, Rafiki, that baboon, holds the baby Simba up, that newborn lion, and all the animals are excited and all the world to see. And we're celebrating in our TV rooms and we're going, yes, the newborn king of the jungle. You know, Disney has a way in four minutes to move our soul to life, to life. You know, maybe not a cartoon moment, but I wonder, what was it like for Adam to breathe that first breath of life? That first breath of life. Now, it wasn't a baby moment for him, was it? He was a full-grown adult, yet... He was just a lifeless body laying on the dirt. Lifeless body, just assembled dust, as we learned, dead until God breathed life into him. The breath of life. Sixty-three times in Scripture, it talks about God breathing the breath of life to bring life into his people. You know, even Job, with all of Job's trials and tribulations, he says, he says this, he says, My words are from an upright heart, and my lips speak sincerely what I know. I know that the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath, of the Almighty gives me life. How might God breathe life into us? 
even in those moments that might not be life-giving? How is it that we would live by the Spirit in every moment? You know, today we read that Jesus breathed his last on the cross. He surrendered all to the very end that we might have life. And that means that it's possible for us to have new life in Christ when we surrender to him and accept the price that he paid on that ragged and ugly cross. That price that he paid for our sin, he made the ultimate and final sacrifice on our behalf that we might have new life in Christ. This is the good news. This is the gospel message. This is what Paul tells us in Ephesians, that God is rich in mercy because of his great love for us, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings and made us alive together with Christ. It is by his grace that we are saved. Wrongdoings. You know, I don't think the conversation with the thief on the cross and Jesus was by mistake. Because right here, the thief observed his wrongdoings. He told the other thief, he's like, look, dude, indeed, we have been condemned justly. We're getting what we deserve. But this man, Jesus, he's done nothing wrong. And he, and he says to Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, and Jesus replied, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today, in that moment. Now today, right here in the scripture, what this means is the time of salvation. The time of salvation is at hand. What Jesus is doing in that moment by surrendering his all, his last breath, he makes a way for us to have life. And he says, today you're going to be with me in paradise. You know, it doesn't say heaven. It says paradise. Now, in biblical times, up until now, we know that paradise is, is a royal garden, originally meaning the Garden of Eden where everything was perfect and right until we did wrong. But he says, today you're going to be with me in paradise, which means from here and all throughout the rest of the scripture, it means that all is going to be restored. It is a metaphor for salvation. God is able to save us by his surrender that all might be restored and we would have life, that we would have life in this present darkness that we are in. All of life hinges on the fact that Jesus surrendered and breathed, breathed his last on the cross, which is available to all people. You know, maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Christ. 
But let me tell you, Jim or Laurel or myself or a mature Christian, a member of our church would love to have a conversation with you and tell you what that means, your Sunday school teacher, your Bible teacher. I see some heads nodding. Yes, we would love to have that conversation with you so that you might have life and life eternal. But you know, maybe the majority of us today have already done that. Maybe we know that our life is secure in Christ. You know, as we've been reading through the Bible in a year, the Proverbs have really just been hitting me on the head with a hammer lately. You know, Psalm, uh, the Proverbs tells us we have to listen in the moment. We have to discern in the moment what the Holy Spirit is telling us that we might live by the Spirit. To live by the Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit saying to us in each and every moment that we might live the Christ-like life? The Christ-like example. To live by the Spirit. You know, what, what would that really look like to live by the Spirit? Maybe it means that we surrender in the moment our opinion for God's truth. We're in God's truth and his word this year, so we're learning what that is. Maybe we have to surrender our boasting in the moment to give glory to God for what he has done. Maybe it is we surrender our knowledge to his knowledge, which is complete and perfect and all-encompassing. Maybe it's that we have to surrender our ways for God's ways. All those fruits of the Spirit. Maybe it's that we surrender our ambitions for God's plan and for His will. Maybe it's our unreasonableness to His reason and wisdom. Maybe we surrender our character and our rough edges for His law of love that His grace might flow through us. When we surrender in that moment, we are living a spirit-filled life. And we are able to give life-giving breath to all those who are around us. You know, I want to give you a hardcore example. We know King David. Well, before David was king, he was being chased by King Saul. All around, at every turn, King Saul was right there with David. He wanted to take his life. And one day, David found King Saul in a cave, in a very vulnerable position. And David drew his sword, and he's like, oh, I could kill him now. I could kill him now. But he didn't. He just cut a little piece. He snuck up. He cut off a little piece of his garment. And then he took it with him as a prize, if you will. Yeah, I got him. But you know what David thought later? He was guilty. He felt guilty. It's like, man, I took advantage. I had all power and authority. Um, and I had advantage. But, and, and I really took that advantage. By doing something that God didn't say was okay to do. The time was not at hand. 
for him. That's what surrendering in the moment means. David's surrender in that moment literally gave King Saul his life, didn't it? God took care of King Saul later. But the time was not at hand. I wonder about you. Are you good at surrendering in the moment that someone might encounter Christ through you? You know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know that I'm super at it. You know, but I bet you know someone who is good at it. You know when you've encountered that person because they give you a life-giving breath of fresh air. Maybe it's a kind word that they share with you, a welcome invitation into fellowship. Hey, come with me. I want to spend some time with you. Hey, let's go get lunch. Let's get coffee. How are you doing? Were they present in the moment with you? Maybe it's encouraging words, a word of faith when you need it most. Maybe it's a gentleness of speech that promotes peace in a situation. Maybe they're surrendering their agenda and being patient with you to bring you along. Maybe it's a prayer that brings life into your pit of despair. Maybe it's an email first thing in the morning that says, you know what, hey, I know you've got a really busy week, and today I'm, I'm going to do this for you. Yes, thank you. You know who you are. A breath of life-giving air where they are living by the Spirit and they are breathing life and hope into you. We know when we are in the presence of a Christ follower who is living by the Spirit. We like to be around these people, don't we? And you know what? These people are you. You. You are able to give life-giving breath to someone else. Just as Jesus did. You give life to dead, dry, desperate bones when God breathes life into the you and then you are able to breathe the breath of life into someone else. You know, maybe you're not feeling very much alive right now. Maybe trials and tribulations seem to be overtaking you wave after wave and you just can't seem to come up for breath. Maybe it's been a while since the Holy Spirit has moved your soul. My prayer for you is that God will fill your lungs and your flesh and your dry bones with his life-giving spirit. That he would breathe new life into you today. Today. For the time is at hand. And it's possible because Jesus breathed his last on the cross for you and for me. When we surrender to him, he is able to do this.